Okay, and yes, attending university is a great honour, but it is also a world away from anything I have ever experienced before, and at times can seem so surreal, and at times emotionally overwhelming. During my time in education, the deprivation and poverty I experienced have been a constant topic of discussion, but I do not feel affronted by that. I take solace in the fact that just as I find it difficult to imagine the childhood of some of my peers, they would find it just as difficult to imagine a childhood devoid of all the things they took for granted. The first 10 years of my life was completely different than the years that followed. I was raised in Salford, in what was then one of the most deprived postcodes in the Northwest, an area blighted by crime, violence and drugs. And as extreme as child poverty gets, I have experienced it. And I say this not for pity. I do not want that, nor will I ever appreciate it. I say this because my story is not unique, but it is rare that someone from a similar background is ever given the opportunity or platform to be heard. And so it's for those children without a voice I represent. The silent voices of the many children whose trials and tribulations through education are never heard. I have lived in hostels, been involved in the care system, missed most of primary school, gone hungry to the point of pain and witnessed the destructive nature of addiction. I have lived the life you all write about, the life you research, the life you all think only exists in dramatic adaptations like Shameless and I, Daniel Blake. And I genuinely wish it did only exist on a screen. But let me flip it though. My brother and I, at the ages of 10 and 6 respectively, were adopted by my grandparents and our lives changed overnight. Those small things that most take for granted were the things that changed my life. A feeling of warmth and belonging, a household full of love and caring, a clean home, regular meals, 100% attendance throughout school which took me from a set 4 to a set 1 in just a few months grandparents who dedicated their time and relentlessly emphasised how essential a good education is, teaching us how to read, introducing me to classics like Of Mice and Men, 1984, Lord of the Flies, and such. And they were the first books I ever read, which is quite strange. They would teach us vocabulary and many other vital lessons that have allowed me to thrive. I had my first proper experience of school and I was too far behind to be of any use to the grading system. My school placed me in bottom sets, as if my grandpa would allow that. He turned our home into an educational sanctuary and did everything it took to bring me up to scratch. And because of his nurture and the environment he provided outside of school, I thrived. Just so you appreciate what it took to make a Jaden though, and why I will never appreciate anyone using me as an example of what children with similar lived experiences can become. At 11 years old, I joined Reclaim and became the protege of Ruth Ibegbuna and Katie Cosgrave. And for the next seven years, I would go on to be carefully mentored by both women who dedicated seven years to making my dreams theirs and doing anything it took to see me in a space of power. 
It is the many individuals who have worked alongside my grandparents to show me that I was worthy of any academic dream. They held the mirror in front of me and allowed me to see my reflection in a system that I felt had neglected me. I have been mentored by some of the most influential individuals and have had opportunity that many could only dream of. The type of opportunity that my grandpa often says equates to winning the lottery. On paper, I'm an overachiever. In reality, I am eight years of hard work from multiple individuals. So yes, I have experienced extreme poverty, but I have also been provided with a world of opportunity. I've seen the very worst and the absolute best of education that this country has to offer. I've seen the difference that a little privilege can make. The sad truth is that I cannot ever hope to build a world where every child is given the opportunity that I was given. It is impossible. However, I should not have to dream of that. The difference in educational standards should not be so severe for those students who attend schools in deprived areas. Our current education system values success above survival, and that is where we go wrong. And I don't have the answers to it all, I wish I did. But as someone who knows what it takes to survive in a system that undervalues them and be nurtured by opportunity beyond the building, I can tell you that we can't just build a new curriculum. We have to reimagine every aspect. In my eight years of change making, I've done a lot to try and change the system. From proving that academic dreams are achievable, though hard to reach without opportunity to working with some of the world's biggest organizations and trying to build a more hopeful future for young people. But it's in my most recent role that I've witnessed what it takes to build a better and more hopeful system. My greatest learning experience is from the unapologetically bold and radical visions of Rekindle School. And I'm gonna try and hold it together as I tell you all about Rekindle, but it is my absolute heart and so I often struggle. A youth-led new approach to education based in South Manchester. It places support and nurture at the forefront of everything. I'm a co-creator alongside seven other incredible young people and two elders, and we are building the school we wish we had attended. It is the vision of Rekindle that has given me hope during the constant doom and gloom of algorithm failures, zero tolerance behavior hubs, and refusing to feed children. We set out on a journey to build schools and curriculums that the world needed teaching the lessons and life skills that were often forgotten in mainstream education. We created Rekindle School out of a strong sense of despair at the current education system. We wanted a school that nurtured, a curriculum that taught essential life skills, and a place where young people from working class backgrounds felt safe to escape and become empowered by knowledge. We built the school we wish we'd attended and made sure that it was built by young people for young people. And with the bold visions that a school led by young people could have, we've created a safe space that will open four till eight every weeknight. And each child will have a dedicated homework mentor and a hot meal every night. And I know how much that matters. Because when the government um, tried to fail young people by refusing to extend their free school meals and Marcus Rashford stepped forward, we had made the promise that every child would leave our school with a satisfied stomach. We also promised to value critical thinking, to embed it heavily within our curriculum so that young people are comfortable to ask why and then ask why again, so that they know that they are worthy of a true answer. We open Saturday mornings and 50% of all holidays so that we are doing everything we can to maintain our promise of being there when young people need us most. 
It is in building this school that I have learned the most about education and what it takes to build a school that believes in the value of each individual child. Education is a failing system and it fails different communities at disproportionate rates. Yeah, some of that is due to the lack of engagement from individuals within those communities. But we also must question whether the education system was ever built to see certain people succeed. Was it ever built to see kids like me succeed? It's not school that got me here. It was everything outside of this school. And that is what we must focus on as well as a new curriculum. We must ensure that education and opportunity continue outside of the school gates. There are a few key lessons I want you to take away from this. Lesson one is accountability. As a system and as individuals, you must learn to hold ourselves and each other accountable for the failures. But first, you must recognise why and how we have failed. Our government must learn to hold up their hands and apologise. Apologise for an algorithm that was created to willingly disadvantage certain students and overpredict grades to others. Apologise for refusing to feed young people when they needed you most. But apologise and learn. Lesson two is co-leadership. Remember that young people are living in this system right now. They are the future on the future that your decisions will impact. Invite them around the decision-making tables and listen to their experiences. Yes, some of them will tell you to build a pool in the playground, but the majority will, tell, will simply dream of a better education. Do not listen to them as passive tokenistic gestures as an active learning process for understanding the things to avoid and the things to improve. Young people are willing to help build a better future. They are unwilling to be tokens. They're not hard to reach. You're simply not trying. Take care of our children. That's lesson three. We have a success before survival approach to education. We see the grades before the individual person and we overcomplicate a system that has no need to be so complex. This past year has made it noticeably clear that our young people are not getting the support they need. We need mental well-being so we know how to deal with the stress of a constant cycle of academic pressure. I want to see our young people do more than just survive in this system. I want them to thrive. I recently started an organisation that will see mental health workshops and after school clubs take place in high schools across Greater Manchester and one day wider. My big dream is that one day my organisation is not needed because schools will value the well-being of every child. So those are my top tips for moving forward in education. From this, I want you to remember one thing. With opportunity and a new approach, we could have a country filled to the brim with students who excel in any environment, not just in school. I know that some of you listening may be sending your children to private schools. And to that, I say, even if your child is getting the best out of education, imagine your life changed overnight. That same child was thrown into an underfunded mainstream school in the middle of a working class estate with 40 children per class. You can no longer use your cultural capital to influence their future. Imagine if all your child had was themselves and their dreams. And that's all that can move them forward. And once you've imagined that, Help us build the system that you would want your child to attend. Help us build the school that you would want them to be thrown into. As a kid who made it from one of the most deprived estates in the UK, being homeless and missing the first 10 years of education to university, to building a school and a better education at the age of 19 years old, 
I have witnessed what it takes to build an education worth falling in love with. It's not about conformity or passive learners. It's about young people taking an active role in shaping their future. And then asking, no, it's about young people taking an active role in shaping their future and then taking every opportunity that is thrown at them. But in order for that opportunity to happen, the opportunity has to be there. The final takeaway is something super achievable. Everyone in this virtual room has the power to listen. And many of you have the power to provide opportunity or at least build it. So listen to what young people need and then rebuild that opportunity. Remember, accountability, co-leadership, and please take care of our children. Thank you.